Welcome to another inspirational message by Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor at Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Beaumont, Texas. For more information about Church on the Rock and Ron Hammonds Ministries, visit cotr.com. Today I want to encourage you to open up your Bibles to the book of Deuteronomy. We're going to be going to Deuteronomy, the 29th chapter. Ah, Deuteronomy 29. Now, Deuteronomy is a, is a book where Moses is kind of recounting. He's going back over all the things that had happened and all the things the children of Israel, you know, had done coming out of the promised land and, uh, excuse me, coming out of Egypt and headed toward the promised land. He was kind of rehearsing all the laws and all the requirements and all the things that God said do. You know, the law is called Torah, okay? Torah. Uh, that's not a Japanese word that they just used at bombing, okay? It's a <laughs> Hebrew word, Torah. Torah is contained in the first five books of the Bible, but Torah is a much bigger expression of the will of God than just the law. It's also meant uh, uh, to include things that, that are encouragements from, from uh, the rabbis and encouragements from, from, uh, from the teachers and the scholars and the priests to encourage us with a set of instructions on how we can live a life that's pleasing to God. Torah. And Moses here is, is giving them these instructions. He's giving them Torah. He's giving them laws, precepts, directives, divine directives, all right? Sometimes when we say the law, we put it into a category of something that's old and we no longer have to do. But that's not, that's not what that means. This concept of Torah means that these are divine instructions given by God, divine directives. They are terms under which we should live pleasing to God. Here's what you need to do in order to please God. Here's what you need to do. And, and Torah was aimed at pleasing God. It was not aimed at judging men. It was aimed at pleasing God. It was not an excuse for God to, to, you know, to, to punish people. It was an opportunity for you to please God, to know what he expected and how, how, how he uh, wanted you to live so that you could live in his blessings. You see, God had blessed. God has already blessed. And what we need to do is learn how to live in those blessings. And that's what Torah was intended. The Bible says Torah was a school teacher. Okay? It was an instructor in our life that, that, that we needed that school teacher in our life in order for us to understand the instructions of God and the terms of, of, of God's will to bless us. Well, in Deuteronomy chapter 29, and, and today we're going to be talking about trust issues. Trust issues. We'll finally get to the point of trusting God. I'm going to take you on a little journey before we get there, okay? Uh, and I'm, uh, some of you, I'm going to stir your minds up, and some of you are going to wonder, what in the world, why am I saying anything like that? What's wrong with me, okay? But, uh, but hang with me, if you would, all the way to the end, and I promise you that we'll, we'll, we will arrive to deal with some trust issues that each one of us perhaps encounter from time to time. In Deuteronomy 29, in verse 29, Moses is kind of bringing a conclusion to Torah, okay, to what God expects. Uh, he says this, The Lord 
our God, and by the way, I'm reading from the New Living Translation in case, uh, you know, you have a King James, New King James, New International Version, English Standard Version, Revised Standard Version, whatever, you know, Amplified, whatever you may have. This is the New Living Translation. I'm reading through the Bible in the New Living Translation this year. I'm, I'm, I'm 11 books into the Bible so far. Let me encourage you, do Bible reading. If you don't have a good Bible reading plan already to read through the Bible this year, go to cotr.com, click on cotr.com. It will pop up a Bible. Bible reading plan every day. If you don't have the time to read it, then if you'll click on it, it'll read it to you every day, all right? And so let me encourage you to do that. And uh, I just finished this week, just finished reading the book of Deuteronomy. And it was just speaking to me, the, you know, the, the, the Torah contained here, God's will contained here. And so the New Living Translation is what I'm reading in this year. Um, the Lord our God has secrets. Whoa. Do you know that God has secrets? God has secrets known to no one. Wow. You don't know God's secrets. I don't know God's secrets. The King James Version says that, that the secret things belong to the Lord. But here he says that God has secrets that are known to no one. We are not accountable for them. I'm not accountable. You're not accountable for the things that God has kept secret. And he's kept a lot of things secret. There are a lot of things he has not chosen to tell us. And we're not accountable for those things. Okay? We're not responsible for them. I don't have to have an answer for them, you know? And I don't have to tell anybody, I don't have to satisfy anybody else. Because God has not chosen to reveal some things to us. But we and our children are accountable forever for all that he has revealed to us so that we may obey all the terms of these instructions. Guess what the Greek word, these instructions, is? Torah. So that we may obey all the terms, all the directives, all the instructions, all of the precepts, all of the encouragements, all of the guidelines of Torah. So that we can understand how to please God. So that we might be able to walk pleasing to God. We are accountable for the things that God has revealed to mankind. We are accountable for the things that he has written to us. We are, but, but there are a lot of things he hasn't. There are some things that are secret. You know, there are a lot of things that I just don't know. There are a lot of things I can't know. There are a lot of things that we can't know because God has reserved those things to himself. Things which, which we are not accountable for. Moses told us that God is keeping secrets. Jesus said, I have some things to tell you that you can't even bear right now. You, you, you can't understand, you can't comprehend, and you can't accomplish. The apostle Paul said that he was caught up into the third heaven, and he saw things that were not even lawful for him to repeat. He, couldn't, he didn't even have a words to describe some things. He just don't understand. There are a lot of things that God has not revealed to us. He's not chosen to yet. And for those things, we are not accountable. If you had the opportunity to ask God a secret, tell me a secret, God. You know, tell me one of your secrets, Lord, that you haven't, you know, that, that you haven't revealed to us. Give me a secret. Oh, wouldn't that be great? Oh, let me tell you, that would be so wonderful if I could ask God anything I wanted and, and, and he would tell me, okay? You know, if I could ask God anything, 
anything at all. Let me give you my top three unknowns. The top three things that I would ask God. Now, I've thought long and hard about this. Okay? Now, these are not your top three. They're my top three, okay? And so hang with me as going through this because, you know, you can ask God anything you want. But here are the things that I would like to ask God. Number one, I want to know where did God come from? I mean, I, I do. I would like to know where in the world did you come from? Now, listen, the belief, <laughs> the belief that I have, and I, I know the, the, the Bible says that God is eternal. He was, is, and is to come. Okay, you know, you know, I don't have a problem believing. I have a problem understanding, okay? I know what I believe. I believe the Word of God. I know why I believe it, because God said it. All of that is intact, okay? But come on now. You ever wonder where God came from? I do. I know He's always been there, but that's in His understanding. My little finite understanding, I don't understand always. Okay? I have a problem with next week. <laughs> always. He's always, well, okay, tell me about before that. That's one of the things I would want to know. But, but you know, I don't have a problem with faith. I have a problem with understanding where God came from. I don't have a problem with, 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 with him saying he's eternal. You know, I just don't understand it, and I'd like to. Where did God come from? My second unknown. I want to know why bad things happen to good people. That one bothers me. Why do bad things happen to good people? I have received miracles. I've experienced divine healing. I've gotten clear directions from God. I know God hears and answers my prayers, yet I have seen good, godly, faithful, praying believers die of sickness, lose loved ones, experience hardships, and suffer injustice, and I don't understand it. Okay, I don't. God doesn't tell us why. That's the secret. That's what God knows. I would like to know. I don't know. Now, I've preached why, and I can come up, and I've counseled, you know, maybe this, maybe that. And I've had all kinds of people tell me, and you probably have ideas too, why, you know, bad things happen to good people. Well, it, you know, I mean, we can talk about original sin. We can talk about everything. But I don't want my eternal understanding to be based upon your current understanding. Okay? I don't know, and I don't know anybody that knows. And if you want to tell me what you know, it's okay, but I know you don't know. <laughs> I'm not going to make my why bigger than my God or bigger than my faith. Okay? That's not it. I'm not going to waste my life on questions that have no answers. I will accept God's answer, but I don't have to accept the comforting words of a man as my final answer. I don't know. I just don't understand why bad things happen to good people. And I'd like to know that, but I don't. God has not chosen to reveal that to us. My third unknown what is on the other side of the last thing there is? I know that's mine. It's not yours. I know you got all kinds of other questions probably you're thinking about. But this would be my question. What is on the other side of the very last thing 
that there is. I mean, when I go to the edge of eternity, when I go out as, when I go as far as I can go, and I'm standing right on the edge, the last inch, and there's, I mean, that, that, that's all of it. What's on the other side? What is there? Emptiness. You know? Empty of what? What's containing the emptiness? I, I mean, I've got my thoughts. You may have your thoughts, but you don't know. I don't know, and I'd like to know. I think that would be interesting. You know, uh, it won't mean anything. <laughs> it won't change anything. Uh, but God's keeping that secret for right now. One day. But, you know, I'm not accountable for things I don't know. And those aren't the only things I don't know. Somewhere on that list of, of things to ask God is, is uh, God, why did you give Adam and Eve the power to choose? Why didn't you just hide the truth and hide the tree from them so they couldn't sin? You ever wonder that? Why did God give Adam and Eve the opportunity to sin? I don't know. Oh, I can preach you some sermons on it. We can have some debates on it, but you don't know either. You, you, we can't comprehend this. We don't understand it. There are some things that we don't know, a lot of things we don't know. There are a lot of things that God has not revealed to us in His Word, and for those things we are not accountable. We don't have to have answers. As a pastor, I have felt burdened all of my ministerial uh, life with, with, with the need to have an answer for every question that someone has. Why did God do this? Why did God allow this? You know, you know what my answer is? I don't know. I don't. I, know, I, I mean, I, I've, I've been sitting beside people that told them why, and I'm going, you don't know. <laughs> you don't know. Now, it sounds good, and we want to comfort people and encourage people, but the bottom line is, the reality is, we really don't know a lot of things that God has reserved to himself. I don't know, and I'm not accountable to have an answer for the questions that God has not revealed. Deuteronomy 29, 29 again. The Lord our God has secrets known to no one. We are not accountable for them, but we and our children are accountable forever for all that he has revealed to us. Wow. Just like there are things we don't know and we're not accountable for those things, things that belong to God, things he's reserved to himself, yet there are some things Moses is telling them and he's just given them a whole book a whole Torah of things God has revealed to us, things that he does require, things that he instructs us and in, things that he teaches us, things that he's hoping that we will get a hold of and become accountable for because we and our children are accountable for the things that God has revealed to us. Well, just like my top three unknowns, let me give you my top three no's, Okay. And today, if you haven't, you know, caught on to this yet, it's all about me, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Thinking back, I should have gone back our three no's. 
but I don't know what you know. I do know what God's revealed to us. So, okay, today we're going to make it, you know, Ronnie Day, okay? All right. <laughs> Are you ready? My top three no's. I know that God loves me. Wow. He has revealed to us that he loves us. Reading Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy that contain Torah, reading these books, you come away knowing that God loves you, knowing that God is in love with you. You know, as for me, I am a born-again believer. I have been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. God Almighty so loved me, he gave his only son on the cross of Calvary. He loves me. Wow. I'm on my way to heaven. <laughs> Glory to God. I hope I make it, Lord Jesus. I, I believe I will. I just don't understand how this is. I mean, whoosh. You know, Nicodemus said, how in the world did I, do you get born again? Do you enter into your mother's womb? I mean, Nicodemus was a smart man in John chapter 3. And he asked Jesus, how did this happen? Jesus said, man, it is a spiritual thing. You can't really, you know, understand all the mechanics and all the physics behind it. But let me tell you, whenever you have faith in Jesus Christ, you access a grace of forgiveness and salvation, and all of a sudden, boom, you are born again. Man, I know God loves me. He gave his son for me, and I'm on my way to heaven, and all the hell in this world can't stop it. Yeah. Isn't that good? <laughs> I know it. <laughs> We were worshiping this morning, and one of the interns is sitting beside me. Uh, it's my, my niece. I was sitting beside me, and I, I leaned over, and I hugged her. I said, you know, we, uh, we were singing, and I was singing rather loud, okay, uh, loud, loudly. Uh, someone correct me, grammar, if you like. Okay, I was singing, and while I was singing, I, I realized that Man, I was, I was kind of taking the stage right there between me and her. And so I leaned over and I said, I said, you know, Lindsay, I believe this. I believe it. I said, but you know, I remember life without Jesus. I said, you have an advantage, sweetheart. You don't remember life without Jesus. You were adopted into a family that loves Jesus and that's all you've ever known. I said, forgive me for singing loud, but... I remember life without Jesus. <laughs> Whoa! Man, I'm, I'm saved. <laughs> God loves me. A second thing that I know is that God has a plan for my life. I'm not just wandering around aimlessly. I am not. Oh, I love that. I know. Reading again what Moses had, had, had just written to the children of Israel just prior to his death. He had written the accounts of the patriarchs and, and, and how God was moving in their life. God had a plan for their life. Nothing was haphazard. Nothing was without his knowledge. There is no way that you could ever do anything that throws God a curveball. God is prepared for anything that you are going to do. God is already prepared for what you are going to do. Just ask Jonah when he was thrown overboard into the water. God had prepared a great fish. God is prepared. And God has a plan. We'll never catch God unprepared for what we are about to do. <laughs> wow. God knows me. 
He has a plan for my life. He knows me. He understands me. He calls me by name. He knows the number of the hairs on my head. He knows how many hairs are on your head. He calls you by name. He knows you. He watches over you. He'll never leave you, never forsake you. That I know that he knows you, he loves you, and he has a plan for your life. Wow. Man, you know, what I don't know versus what I do know, what I do know is powerful, and what I do know I am accountable for. And I do know that my God so walks with me and talks with me that when I am tried in the fire, he will never leave me, never forsake me. I shall come forth like gold. Yeah, let me tell you, it's not over till it's over. I know he has a plan for my life. My third no. I know that I can trust God with things that I do not understand. Things I cannot control. Things I can't change. I know that I can trust God with things that are beyond my comprehension. You know, I don't know. I don't know why God didn't hide the tree from Adam and Eve. But I know I can trust him with things that I don't know. I know that he has a plan. And I know that he loves me. And I know I can trust him. You know, I don't know why bad things happen to good people. Good, God-fearing, praying, faithful people. I don't know why some people have sickness, disease, injustice. I don't understand why hardships and heartaches come to good life. I don't understand why the wicked prospers. I do not understand it. But I do know I can trust God with things that I do not understand. I don't know why I've gone through some of the things I've gone through. I don't know, but I do know I can trust God with things I don't know. I do know that God is trustworthy. I know he loves me and has a plan for my life, and I know that I can trust him with things that I do not understand. The Bible says, In Timothy, the apostle Paul is writing to him in 2 Timothy, the first chapter, verse 12. For this reason, the apostle Paul said, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know. I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. (laughs) I know, I know I can trust God with things I don't understand. And the things I don't understand, I have to commit those things to him. I have to put the things I don't understand, the things I I can't control, the things I can't change, the things that that, that sometimes bother me and and give me a run for my money. I, I have to commit those things to him for he is able. I am persuaded he is able to keep those things. Guard them and hold them 
They're precious to him. My hurts, my disappointments. The Bible says he is easily touched with the feelings of my infirmities. He is not so far away that he cannot be touched by my hurt and my pain, by my worry and my fear. He is not so far away, so distant that I cannot call out to him. He is here. I know I can trust him when I'm walking through a valley and I don't under even, even understand how I got here. I know that I can trust him. There are some things I don't know, but there are some things I do know. And for those things, I am so thankful. Habakkuk chapter 3. Listen to what the prophet said in Habakkuk. Verse 17, 18, and 19. Though the fig tree may not blossom. You know, sometimes that happens. Nor fruit be on the vines. Though the labor of the olive may fail and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls. You know, that sounds like a bad year to me. It sounds like somebody has had a crop failure. It sounds like somebody worked hard and all their work turned out to be nothing. It seems to me like somebody made an investment and somebody had hope and somebody had labored and yet they get to a moment and look like there's nothing for all of my labor. He continues, though there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord is my strength. Yeah, come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap. The Lord is my strength. He will make my feet like hinds feet. And you know what he will do? He will make me walk on my high places. It's not over, Habakkuk said. It's not over till you're on top. You can trust God with things that you don't know, things you can't control, things that you can't change. He has revealed this to us in his word. We are accountable to trust him even when we're going through a difficult time. There was a man who went through the most horrible set of circumstances that we ever read about. The man named Job. Job experienced things that make us want to run and hide. Job went through things that, that, that we cannot imagine. Job in the 19th chapter, verse 25, it says this, for I know, here's something I know. I know my Redeemer lives. Oh, man. I know I'm not serving and worshiping a dead God. I know that he's not deaf and far from me. I know that my Redeemer lives and he shall stand at last on the earth. When it's all said and done, God will be standing. He will be victorious. He will be the one who is over all. And after my skin is destroyed and worms consume this body, this I know. <laughs> that in my body, not new body, I shall see God. Man, that's enough. That's enough. He says in verse 27, whom I shall see for myself. My eyes shall behold him. 
and not another. How my heart yearns within me. What is he saying? He's saying, you know, with boils all over my body and with, with my flesh being consumed and with everyone against me, I want you to know my heart is yearning for a day. The day when all of this, and I don't understand why, but yet I trust God. I trust God with things I cannot understand, things I cannot change, things that are beyond my control. I must trust God because it's not over until God stands victorious and until I stand with him in my high places. I know my Redeemer lives. You see, there are some things we don't know. As far as the things which God has reserved to himself, we are not accountable. Don't feel responsible or accountable to try to appease someone's mind or heal someone's hurt with stuff that you don't know. Don't be lying to people. You can, you can debate it. You can offer suggestions, but realize in the end and let people know that there's just so much you don't know, so much we can't know. But what we do know is powerful. The things we do know, the things we can explain, the things that we must embrace, we are accountable not only to hold them dear to ourselves, but to teach them to our children and our children's children. When we share Torah, the instructions that God gives us for life, a life pleasing to Him, when we share God's Word with others, something happens. A different dynamic, a spiritual dynamic that we cannot manufacture and we can't fake. When we share the word as opposed to, you know, our opinions or our suggestions or our, 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 our you know, our, our misunderstandings. When we share the word of Almighty God with people as Moses had just done, something different happens. There is an anointing that is released with the word that is not released with opinion. There is an anointing that is released with God's Word whereby the Holy Spirit engulfs the soul that is hurt, that is lost, that's suffering injustice, that has been damaged by sin, by sickness, by depravity of man. There is an anointing that so surrounds the lives of men and women and it breaks the yoke against them. It's different than just sharing a bit of wisdom in debate. The Word of God is powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, and it pierces to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit of the joints and the marrow, and it's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The Word of God is alive and powerful. We must trust this Word and share this Word with our children, with our children's children, and with all who will listen. Our goal is to encourage people to trust God. You see, when we trust Him, that's faith. Faith accesses grace for us to be saved, for us to be healed, for us to be prospered, for us to be encouraged, for us to be witnesses. When we trust God and step out in faith, 
a spiritual dynamic happens that does not happen with a good idea. Today, God is asking us to become accountable for the things that he has revealed to us. Become accountable. Become a testimony to the fact that you know God loves you and you know he has a plan for your life and you know that you can trust him with things you don't understand. Put these things into practice. Why? Because of what the last part of that verse says. Deuteronomy 29, 29. And I'm closing with this. The Lord our God has secrets known to no one. We are not accountable for them, but we and our children are accountable forever for all that he has revealed to us so that we may obey all the terms of these instructions so that we may perform every directive of Torah, God's will for us in how we should live to please Him, loving Him more than we do ourselves and loving others as much as we do ourselves. That's what Jesus said would encompass and fulfill all of Torah. If we would just learn to love God and be committed to love Him more than we do ourselves and to love others as much as we do ourselves. He said on these two truths hang all of Torah and all of the prophets. Well, let's commit this morning. We're going to commit ourselves fresh to the one true and living God, the one who knows all. We're going to commit ourselves fresh to Him, to trust Him, to have faith in Him, even for things we cannot understand, things we cannot control, things we cannot change. And as we do that, Moses said, it will enable us to accomplish the directives of God. Something about faith makes us able. Faith does not make things easy. Faith makes things possible.